Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the live Q&A of yours truly. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well. As everyone is coming in live, let me make sure I talk to all those who's watching later or listen later. I want to say thank you all so much, especially if it's your very first time. Thank you so much for watching. And if you like, after I watch this video, you're like, man, that guy's vibe right there. It's pretty legit. Go ahead and subscribe real quick. I would love to be your coach here online. But for those who's been watching for a long time, whether you've been subscribed for 13 years or you've been subscribed for 13 to 14 minutes, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasure to you. As everyone is coming in live and typing up their questions, I want to let you guys know about some things. I got a brand new book called The Holiness Journal. Well, it's not brand new, brand new. But it's pretty new. My newest book so far, The Holiness Journal, helping those to hold the important things of life well. If you're looking for a resource to help you with that, that's available as well. If you need one-on-one coach, you're like, hey, man, I would love to talk to you about my relationships, my spiritual development, my singleness, uh, my purpose, and branding and marketing needs. I would love to support you there. As well as a brand new card game. The first one spells whole wins. We also got a book on singleness, a book uh, uh, that helps you um, prep in your daily relationships, a book on soul ties and strongholds, a book on discernment, children's book, as well as a book on spiritual warfare. So if any of these books you think, hey, benefit you, make sure you check it out now. Available, all of them, on my website, imunplug.com. Now I see that we got some uh, people here. Young, you new. What's going on? Hope you're well. Uni, what's going on from Australia? Thank you for watching. All is well. Thank you so much. Hope you're well as well. Uh, Joel Warmack, hey, what's going on? Hey, Mr. Ezzy, hey, you was one of my students. Thank you for watching. Mr. Ezzy, nice to see you all. Thank y'all for joining. Joshua Pittman says, how long have you fasted? I'm fasting to release the power within me given by the Holy Spirit to produce healing. Great question, man. Um, the longest I fast, I mean, I've fasted uh, many times in my Christian walk, um, but I've gone seven days without food before, where it was just nothing but water. Uh, some days when it was difficult, I did bone broth. Um, I've done, yeah, that's, a, that's the most intense fast I've ever been on, seven days with no water. But you have to understand the purpose of fasting. Uh, fasting is not about an outcome. It's about an opportunity um, to be aligned with the individual who is God. Fasting's motive would determine the fruit of the fast. If your motive for fasting is to get something out of it, even though it benefits, don't get me wrong, fasting do has, they do, it does have some spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical benefits, but you have to make sure that your motives are legit. You have to make sure that your motives is solely about aligning yourself with God, becoming more familiar with him. And in the process, the byproduct of that motive or the byproduct of that mission will be uh, the fulfillment of that healing. Hope to help, fam. I'm going to go pretty fast today, y'all, because I won't be on here long. I just want to make sure I serve you. I haven't been on live in a while. Layla says, why when we fast, we get tempted with the same things we are trying to fast for? Also, can you fast for broken hearts? Great question. Well, I mean, uh, uh, a faith that hasn't been tested is a faith that can't be trusted, right? So oftentimes, typically, we're tested on the very thing that we're fasting on. To, to prove to ourselves the legitimacy of our desire, right? To a degree. I'm not saying that's the sole reason why we're tempted on that, but it could be like, for instance, um, when a person gets a brand new car, all of a sudden when I got my Dodge Durango, I saw everywhere I drove, I saw Dodge Durangos. I, before I got Dodge Durango, I ain't even paid Dodge Durangos no attention. Dodge Durangos wasn't even in my, foresight, wasn't even my sight. But when I began to focus 
And because I had a Dodge Durango, then all of a sudden I began to notice everything. It could be that when we're fast, because we're focused on not doing that thing, the, the body as it's being detoxed and weaned off of that particular thing begins to heighten its craving even more for that thing, causing it to be more visible and more tempting. Hope that makes sense. Also says, can you fast for broken hearts? Like I said before, the motive of your fast is important. If your goal is to bring your broken heart to the one that mends broken pieces, then I can see how fast it could be a benefit. But if you're fasting, hoping solely that your heart will be mended from that particular fast and you fast for three days and you fast for seven days, but it's going to take your heart seven months to heal. Then all of a sudden it's going to set you up to be even more disappointed if you don't begin to see the fruit that you're looking for. So the goal, the ultimate goal of the fast should be solely on the, the goal of being closer to God, more aligned to him in the process, you'll benefit from that. I'm not saying all fast has to be like that. Like you can fast solely on physical health benefits. Right? But if you're going in a, a, in a fast to help you emotionally, spiritually and mentally, then you have to have the right motives in regards to fasting for God. Not for God, but to get closer to him. Shot M says, my aunt helped me mature in the things of God. She'd been in ministry for 30 plus years. I tried to be respectful to her because she is an elder, but she can be draining and depressing. I'm a bit confused. Advice. Well, no matter who the individual is, this Christian journey is full of hills and valleys. Someone could be a seasoned saint, can be a mature believer, but maturity is not proven when things are easy. Maturity is proven when things become difficult. So when you understand that you're dealing with a human being who has been anointed or who has uh, uh, a Holy Spirit has revealed through her uh, uh, different levels of anointings and different levels of whatever that has inspired you to mature in things of God. Maybe she has a teaching gift. Maybe she has a discipleship gift. But you have to learn how to separate the gift from the individual. And when you're dealing with human beings, you don't know what you're going to get from a human being. Right? You don't know what you're going to get day to day from human beings. And so the confusion, you don't want to be confused solely on the, 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 the superhero version of your aunt, the aunt that showed mighty strength in God, because each and every one of us, there's a particular thing that if we went through it right now, if we if we had to face it right now, all of our faith will be tested. The last two years proved who really had faith in God. Right. So even though she's been in ministry 30 years, some people can be in the action of ministry, but never been ministered to. Mm. People can be 30 years in ministry, but never had time to be ministered to. The ministers need ministering. And so you don't want to confuse the operations of the gifts versus the fruits of the gifts. Right? The, the gifts of the spirit right, versus the fruits of the spirit. Sometimes we get so caught up in the gifts of the spirit that we forget to even audit to assess if the person has the fruits of the spirit, right? So some there's a lot of people in ministry right now who grind as, as entrepreneurs with zeal and all they do is minister, 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 but they never are ministered to. This is the proper order of ministry. Before I can minister to you, I have to minister to God. Because in my ministry to God and serving God and, and engaging my fellowship with him, that I can then be ministered to. Once I have been ministered to from ministering to God, then all of a sudden now I become a minister to my wife. And then everyone else gets the rest of that, right? But if you try to minister to people and you don't minister to your family and you don't minister to yourself and you don't minister to God or allow God to minister to you, 
then you're going to be 30 years in ministry with a bunch of impact and a bunch of influence. But then at the end of 30 years, have people like you confused. So sometimes you got to separate the individual from the anointing because people look great under the anointing. But when you meet the individual, then there may be some confusion. So my advice would be this is hey, who said you had to be this close to your aunt? You owe your aunt nothing. It's the spirit of God through your aunt that helped establish you, not your aunt. And so if your aunt is trying to take credit for what she did in your life, then that person is trying to manipulate you to be a, 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 a minion. But and then keep you from operating in dominion. That's just my opinion. Hope that T. Sally says, when transition to another ministry, did you do a letter or if you're if you're not in position, can you just leave? Oh, OK, when transition to another ministry, did you do a letter or if you're not in a position, you could just leave? Uh, you always want to do things the right way. You know, if you had a ministry at a church and you have a position, it's definitely important that you have a conversation with your pastor, right? Uh, and even if you have joined the church and, and 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 that shepherd needs to know that you're transitioning, that, that you know, especially if it's a small church and everybody knows you, right? So you can do a letter. You can do, I would just say do it in person. That's my honest thing. Doing it in person. If the, if the pastor has been abusive or the pastor is manipulative, and you feel that if you do go face to face, that they won't let you go in grace, then you might want to write that letter and then go about your business. If you know the pastor, and the pastor is a genuine man of God, and the families are genuine, you know, they have a great structure to their church, and they and they don't they don't they don't uh um hoard people, then yeah, go face to face. But there's nothing wrong with that. Just make sure though. That God is leading you to that ministry. Sometimes people leave churches and God never told them to leave. Um, and, and you have to make sure you ask God, where do you want me to go? And that's the best advice I can give you. LV says, hey, coach, the Bible says to confess to confess to one another and that the prayers of the righteous person has great power as it is working. This is in James. I would like a quick prayer to help me from sexual sin. Well, let me first give you some context, my brother. Prayer. Hmm. How can I put this? Those people say, just pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for my friend who's watching right now. I pray, Lord, that your grace is sufficient for him. I pray right now, Father God, that you will be able to let him know that you are in the process with him and that whom the son sets free is free indeed. I thank you, Father God, that you will reveal through your precious spirit the root reasons by which he is, is, is led into these particular sins. And I pray, Lord, that you will strengthen him in the process um, to be able to navigate it boldly and confidently. Lord, give him something for the idle time. Give him, a, give him a, a deeper depth of purpose. Give him insight right now on what you will have his hands to be busy in so that he won't have to find himself falling into sin. I pray, Lord, that this is sealed in his spirit, that revelation will be revealed even at this moment, Lord. Get his hands active into your will and your purpose, Lord. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Hope to help, brother. Uh, I just felt the Lord just say, just pray, not to go deep, going deep. Coach, I asked a question. Did I, Layla, I didn't skip you, Layla. Layla, I didn't skip you. I got your question. <clears throat> Let's see. Mm 
Shy M says, I tried to bear the pain and be long suffering with her. Oh, second question. Because she has been there for me. However, it's been a while since this has been going on. I noticed whenever my faith is strong, her has become weak. That's just life, man. People are human. People are people. Humans are humans. And you have to uh, begin to start walking in your walk with God yourself, appreciative of her contributions, but understanding that her contributions was by the spirit of God, not necessarily her alone. Okay. Joel Warnock says, the relationship with my father has made me suffer from social anxiety for as long as I can remember. How do I learn to open up to people without fear of rejection? Thank you, coach. Well, with God, see, for me, I don't fear rejection because I've already received my acceptance. I've already already received, received my acceptance letter. Therefore, I don't have to fear rejection. Rejection from people won't sting if you know who's king. Okay? The rejection of people won't sting when you make God your king. And what I mean by that is if the king accepts you, what do we have to care about what the peasants got to say? If the king has accepted me, if God has accepted me, if the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings have accepted me, why do I care about what peasants think or do? The issue is we put too much stock into people because of societal pressures, right? So I understand uh, what your father may have contributed to your social anxiety, but you have to first forgive your father. That's your past. Now you got to begin to understand the acceptance of God. God loves you. He says, beloved. He calls you his beloved. He loves you. And when you know that God accepts you, that God doesn't reject you, then you will begin to walk in every arena confidently as if you're LeBron James in a Staples Center, as if you Kevin Durant in the Brooklyn, uh, 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 the Barclays Center, uh, Bar- Barclays Center, right? No matter where you go, you could be confident because you know who accepts you. Let me tell you something. It doesn't matter where I go. I walk in every room, head up, shoulders wide. I walk in every room like I own the place. I really believe that wherever my foot treads, I own. I may not own it in in regards to financially, but I own it in spiritual dominance. So if I know I got the king of kings with me and I got a spirit bear witnessing inside of me, then no matter where I go, it is going to be a witnessing moment for people to realize there's some type of authority on that man. Right. So if you fear rejection, that shows that you don't have much knowledge about God's acceptance of you. Because if you live for other people's acceptance, you will die from their rejection. That's why it's understanding it's important for you to understand that God loves you and that you operate from that. See, the goal in life is to live from acceptance, not for acceptance. <clears throat> when you're when you're living your life for acceptance, then you're setting yourself up to be devastated by rejection. But if you're living and working and walking from acceptance, then no matter who rejects you in the process, if you 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 chalk it up to God's protection, you chalk it up to whatever it needs to be. So you have to forgive your father. Forgive him. And I want you to write down on a sheet of paper uh, um, um, the just a couple of things. Number one, I want you to think about you don't got to write it down. I want you to think about um who are the people that you're fearing being rejected? Is it friends? Is it a significant other? Who is it? Secondly, I want you to start studying uh, uh, what it means to be accepted by God. 
I want you to Google what does it mean to be accepted by God. Let me see if I can find something for you. Let me see if this uh, website has something. Let's see. Let's see what this website talking about. Well, if I listen, email me, go to my website, email me, let me know. I'm going to try to find some things for you. Or you can just type in scriptures on acceptance. Let me see that. I'll find some stuff. Make sure you email me. Let me know that you was one of the uh, watches. I'm going to try to find some things for you. <clears throat> but great question, though. Young Yunu says, I dated a few girls the last few months, but got rejected all the time in the end. How can I trust God will send my wife? Well, you got to leave the woman alone. You have to leave women alone in order to find your wife. You have to leave the women alone in order to find your wife. You have to become the husband needed for the wife that you want. It's hard to trust if your character traits are rust. And what I mean like that by that is this. You got to make sure that you're ripe, not rusted. You got to make sure you're refreshed, not ruined. Right. If you keep going out looking for your wife and women, then you will never find your wife. But if you keep finding yourself in God and keep fellowship with God, then you will find your wife along the way. The Bible says when a man finds a wife, he finds a good thing and obtain a favor. How can you know what favor that you need in your life if you don't know what you're here to fulfill? If you don't know what you're here to fulfill, how will you recognize your favor? Right. And uh, the word of God says when a man finds a wife, it doesn't mean that a man goes, looks for a wife. It means that a man finds his wife along the way. See, I met my wife while actually executing in my purpose. My wife walked into my Bible study while I was functioning in my purpose. Right. So God will bring her if you bring yourself. God will bring her if you bring yourself on a patient table and let him do work on you, right? So the reason why you keep getting rejected is because you may be projecting too much on the individual. You may be scaring them away. Like if you desperately desire a wife deeply, then you end up doing the most, right? Right? So the goal is, it's not to date anyone. The two people you need to focus on right now is dating God and dating yourself, Setting some time to spend time with God, setting some time to spend time with yourself, start dating your purpose, number three, and then you in the process will become dateable for the love of your life. So the reason why you're trusting God is waning is because you're actually trusting your own effort and you're mad at God because you're saying that you're walking out in faith, stepping out in faith, and then as you're doing it, you're expecting God to do something. That's the wrong mentality to have. The goal in life is not to do and then expect God to do something. And what I mean by that, and don't get me wrong, there's some areas where you can do that, but you can't just say, okay, I must just start dating a bunch of girls and in the effort of doing so, then I'll find my wife. So your trust, you have to start losing trust in yourself and gaining more trust in God and trusting in his perfect timing for you. Hope to help family. PTO says, what are ways to tell if God's putting you through specific pressure for growth? trying to understand the season I'm in. Well, first, in order to understand the season that you're in, you must find the reason of the season. 
Was this a season caused by you or a season caused by God? A season caused by God is that you are a good steward in the areas of your life. Things are functioning well and a season occurred, trial, or it's just life. If the reason for your season is because of poor financial stewardship or because of poor relationship stewardship, whatever the, the, the poor, the poor uh, areas are, that could be the reason for your season. So now God can use any season to, 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 to bring growth in you. But you have to first understand the reason for the season. Now, if the reason for the season is because of you, then you got to do the assessments. You got to do the adjusting. You got to do um, the, the, the processing and growing from it, right? So that this season can be shortened. Sometimes we make temporary seasons permanent because we are the reason for these seasons. But if God is the reason for the season, you're going about life. You and God are pretty good. Things are thriving and whatever, and things hit you. The Bible says count it all joy either way, whether you're the reason or the reason. The Bible says count it all joy. Uh, uh, count it all joy when you go through various trials, knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. And when patience has perfect work, you'll be complete, whole, lacking of nothing. And so when you understand that, you'll say, okay, no matter what season I'm in, number one, let me find the reason. Let me find a reason for this season. Is it self-caused or spirit-caused? Next, I'm going to say, okay, despite who caused it, I'm in this season. Why, what can I learn from this season? What was the reason for the season? What can I learn from this season? Right? Now, what adjustments do I need to make in this season? Right? And what could God do? Or how could God use this season for my good? What can be done out of this season for my good? Right? And so that's the best way to navigate that and, and, and going forward. Jada says, how do you know when it's time to quit a job? When the spirit tells you, my friend, when the spirit tells you, my friend, because sometimes we'll quit a job and, and, and we quitting on the challenge. And so oftentimes in this culture, in this in the societal pressures that we're facing right now, people don't like to be uncomfortable. People don't like to be pressed. People don't like conflict. People want things easy. So some people quit jobs because <clears throat> of those reasons alone. But what I would do is this. Number one, you have to change your heart about the job. Change your heart towards the job. And what I mean by that, when you change your heart towards the job, then you're able to do your job better, right? Because if your heart is wrong towards the job, how can you hear God's will for you at that job or away from that job, right? Number two, I want you to start assessing on a scale of one to 10, how much do you work unto the Lord at that job? Is what is God get is God being magnified and glorified through you at your job, right? Thirdly, I then want you to start working unto the Lord, right? Because if you get your heart right and you begin to work unto the Lord and you really are honest about yourself or whatnot, then you will have a clearer way to hear from God to see what you should do going forward. Because if your heart's not right, you're gonna have a lot of things uh uh in high volume in your head. And you're not really here to hear God. Now, if all those areas are right and you be, and you sense God to leave, you leave. And so that's the best advice I can give you. Because uh, you always want, it's easy for me to say, hey, if you don't like it, quit it. But if you want to be in God's will, everything must be channeled through him. I love you. I got to go. Coach Todd, been, it's been a long, long day. Thank you so much. I will email you. Thank you. Yeah, Joel, definitely email me. Man, these are some good questions, though, God. 
Let me see. Was that me wanting to go? Or is that God want me to go? Let me go through these pretty quick. <clears throat> Man, stop asking questions. I'm joking. Don't stop asking questions. Keep asking questions because I go back through these and a lot of these questions kind of open doors for video ideas. Real quick, Nala says, how do you continue to trust God when family and friends keep forcing you into a careers in college? God didn't confirm. He's already confirmed the college's goals. They can kick rocks. They're not your rock. So have them kick rocks. Simple as that. See, see, because at the end of the day, they're not going to be the ones that judge you. The Bible says Jesus didn't come to bring unity in families. He came to bring a sword to cause separation. The will of God is going to cause separation in a lot of families. And so see what I'm saying? So if they want to force you, then, then it's time to then it's time to just make a, a, a major decision and say, I'm going to go where God tells me. Now, this is what I need you to do. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to open up an opportunity. We're talking about redeemable family members. We're talking about family members who, who are reasonable. First question I have to ask you, are your family members reasonable? Are your family and friends are reasonable? Because if they're not reasonable, there's no need to, for you to give them a reason on why you want to do what you got to do. All right? If they're reasonable, I want you to have a conversation with them. I want you to say, hey, I don't feel like this is where God wants me to go. And I'm going to go where God tells me to go. Their response to your question, I mean, your, your answer, you, you, uh, their response towards your proposition, pro your their answer to your statement will determine if they're legitimate for you. Because the Bible says who Jesus was like, man, when his mother and brother was all like, man, Jesus, you don't know. He said, who's my mother? Who's my brother? Your allegiance is not to your family anymore. Your allegiance is to God first. Don't get me wrong. You could be a, a, an ally to your mom and dad. I'm just saying. But your allegiance first is to God, right? And so if he's already confirmed the college you should go to, you should go to that college. Because anything you do outside the will of God will produce regrets. So you got to ask, I would ask them, why y'all want me to do this so bad? So the family look good? Now, I just want God to be greatly known. Simple as that. You're welcome. God bless you as well. How Speedy Sprague says, how can I stay consistent in getting in God's word daily and finding time to worship? Great question. Let's read it again. Speedy Sprague says, how can I stay consistent in God and getting in God's word daily and finding time to worship him? Here's the answer to that. Your relationship with God should not surround your life. Your life should surround your relationship with God. Your life should be trying to fit in your relationship with God, not your relationship with God trying to fit into your life. Now, what I mean by that? God's not looking for quantity. He's looking for quality. See, when it comes to spending time with God, he's not saying you got to spend four hours with me. He says, I want you to spend 24 hours with me. And what does that mean? Do I read hourly? Do I read a, a bunch in my Bible every day? No. But do I, am I engaged with God in every moment of my day? You best believe it. So when you begin to understand that it's in him that you live and move and have your being, and when you begin to realize that he is everywhere, just like Siri, the Holy Spirit is, 20, is a 20 billion times greater uh, 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 um uh, person than Siri is. See, Siri is not even serious like, like the Holy Spirit is. And so when you understand that he's omnipresent, he's always there, then in every moment the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your understanding in what? In all your ways. Acknowledge him. 
So that means in every significant thing that I do, even if it's insignificant, but maybe significant to heaven, then I acknowledge him. So what that means is you can really spend time with God a lot, man. You'll be surprised how often I talk to God. There is rarely ever a quiet time in my day where I don't at least just take a moment to just sense what the spirit may be leading me to. And there'll be times I'll be at my desk and because I make this a habit, the Holy Spirit will say, go downstairs, go to room two, such and such, or one, such and such. And I'll just go in that room and then there's a kid that needs me or there's a conversation that needed to be had. So when it when it means to getting into his word, then let me get a little more specific. You got to pick a time in the day. Some people like you. There's two. There's two times in a day, three times in a day, but two times that everyone can have make time to spend God and time in God's word. That is as soon as you wake up, or after your 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 basic morning duties, or right before bed. Everybody has the ability to read something before they go to bed. So if you want to start somewhere, just say, okay, five minutes before I go to bed, I'm gonna read a proverb a day. Five minutes before I go to bed, I'm going to read a couple of chapters in the Gospels. That's what I do. I read a proverb a day and a Gospel a month. Right now, I'm in the book of Acts. It's not necessarily the Gospel. It's right there. So Acts and then what was today? Proverbs 14 right, or 15. So what I'm saying is like five minutes before I go to bed, I cut my phone up and I read. All right. Now, when it comes to worship him, you got to ask yourself, who rides with you in the car? What you could do is just play worship music while you drive. Play worship music while you drive and just let the music minister to you. Play uh, the audible Bible while you drive. So even in your, if you live, if you end up at a job where you can put on headphones, play worship music while you got your headphones on. Play the word while you got headphones on, right? So you got to make sure that you don't allow things to blind you from finding the time that you need. There's always time to make time for God because I promise you. The more you start making time for God, the better your time is as you engage in this life. I'm pretty sure there's more questions that came in. Thank you so much for your super chat. I appreciate that. She's uh uh cows, uh please is Miss Thomas <laughs> says, always a blessing to meet you here, coach. May God bless you and your men. Thank you so much. And y'all are so generous, man. I really appreciate generosity. If you want to support what I do, you can do what this young lady has done, or you can go to my website right now. The links in the book. So look, look, links in the the description box or in the live chat. If you if you feel led, man, I really appreciate that. Thank y'all, man, for being so generous, man. I have a brand new book coming out. I'm just waiting on Amazon to approve it. And as soon as Amazon approve it, I'm gonna just roll it out. I can't wait for y'all to see it. Oh man, y'all. I gotta go. It's 30 minutes, y'all. It's 30 minutes, and 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 coach need to get some rest. Thank y'all so much for watching, man. If you need one-on-one coaching, coaching with your relationships, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, branding, let me know. If you uh, Check out my latest books, The Wholeness Journal. Are you whole enough to hold the important things of life? Uh, check out the card game that goes with a hold. The first one who spells whole wins. If you're looking uh, to better understand your singleness and how to maximize it, check out this book called The Purpose of Singleness. If you want to learn how to date God, date yourself and become dateable, or date the love of your life forever, and to ask the right questions to either end the relationship or extend the relationship, get this book here. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, you want to find the purpose of freedom, great book here. If you need to understand more about discernment and whether or not a person, place, 
product or whatever, or perspective as a counterfeit or a counterpart, great book here. If you got young people, man, that you just want them to kind of be more immersed with the purpose that God has for them, great book here. And if you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare, you want to learn more about the whole armor of God and how to put it on daily, here's a great book as well. Thank you all so much for watching and y'all support. I really appreciate it. Please forgive me. I know I'm not able to get to every question, but make sure you hit that post notification, man, so you'll know every single time I go live. I love you all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.